You there, adventurer? Yes, you. Do you desire knowledge of immense worlds and arcane power? A codex of untold stories and lore? Or perhaps simply easy listening for your daily commute? Then feast your eyes, or more accurately, ears, upon Dungeonpedia. Shit's about to get nerdy in here. everyone, and welcome to Dungeonpedia, an exploration to the lore of Dungeons & Dragons. We're your hosts, Lewin Markell. Taylor Stanfield. And I'm Travis Peasley. Okay, so when this goes up, I cannot wait, but when this goes up, we will not be in the country. Well, me and Travis won't. I will be in the country. In the Still. same spot. Well, Still not, working. I mean, not quite the same spot. I will be in my new apartment by then, which I know we've talked about moving a lot. Yeah. Because it's very hard. It is very hard. Moving yeah. does suck, though. It sucks so much. And it's like, especially because we lived in the place that we, we had lived for, like, several years. Yeah, I moved out, of, like, about about a year ago, but, like, Lewin stayed there. Yeah. And... Well, and there was still the matter of, like, moving all your other stuff Yeah, because I left a lot of stuff there, especially things that I didn't need Neat. to bring here, mm-hmm. like um, the bed that I no longer have and that kind of thing. So... Yeah. It's very stressful, and it yeah. kind of like like I know we talked about it a lot, but it really does take over like everything, like a lot of your life. And I I do feel bad now saying this because like I wish that you could go and have this relaxation too now, but like it's so nice that after all that stressful moving that we get to go on our cruise and relax. And oh my god, we've been planning this cruise for a freaking year. Well, it's about damn time. I mean, and like you say that, but I also feel like, because like, <laughs> and I feel like this tells everyone more, like this tells everybody a lot about me, but I find vacationing stressful. Like you're supposed to relax when you go on vacation, but it actively stresses me out. So, like, my my idea of de-stressing is, like, precisely what I'm going to be doing while well, you guys are on the cruise, yeah. which is hanging out in my house well, with my dog doing nothing. Also, you you did agree to come check on the kitties a couple of times. Yeah. yeah so you do get to take care of kitties. That's true. Which I is love. very relaxing to you. Yeah, because cats are just, cats are wonderful. Cats are wonderful. Which I say is like a non-cat owner, but like, cats are great. They're and, so cute. And our cats do love you. They're so cute. And by the time this goes up, we're going to be, we'll just be at sea. Yeah. So now you guys, now you fuckers can't follow us. <laughs> so <laughs> unless uh, you're on the ship with us. Hello from the middle of the ocean. Yes, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. where we are not currently, but when you're listening to this, we are. <laughs> I guess unless you're listening to this late, in which case I don't know where we are. We were then, I guess. Yeah. Um, unless either you get, way, unless you get lost at sea and you're still on the sea. Oh, which is what stresses me out about the idea of going on a cruise. <laughs> I mean, many things stress me. <laughs> Loon is just a stressful person. Yes. But. Uh, you know what, though? I don't care. Cruises are nice. I mean, I'm sure they are. I've never been on one. I don't know you for sure. You would just be stressed out the entire time. I just feel like, theor- like theoretically, it would stress me out. Fair uh, enough. Like everything else <clears throat> does. You know what else is stressful? Dungeons and Dragons? No. no. Specifically, living in the Chelyx Nation. 
That sounds familiar. I mentioned it very briefly in our introduction into the Pathfinder, oh, Pathfinder. world mm-hmm. in our previous Pathfinder episode. This is going to be another Pathfinder episode. Yay! Unless you're not into that. In which case, uh, oh, I was just going to say I'll see you next week, but okay. <laughs> I'm the one actively booing. I'm the one actively booing Pathfinder. I'm kidding. I like Pathfinder just fine. And that's not to say that you're you would be actively being negative about it if you didn't really care about Pathfinder. Yeah. But I mean, we don't actively care about 4th edition at all, but there are people that are very <laughs> happy about that, so you know. I just really wanted to look at Travis and say boo. <laughs> That's fair. You'll get over it. So, we're going to be talking about the Chelyx Nation, because okay. I looked a little into that, and it's got a little bit of everything. Civil Wars, Demons... I mean, that's about it, but it has a lot. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, those are two very, like... Eventful. Eventful topics. Like components, yeah. So uh, the Chelyx Nation remains one of the most powerful nations militarily mm-hmm. in the Inner Sea region, but it used to be the prime military and economic power mm-hmm. of Avistan, which is the continent, Yeah, if you recall. And mm-hmm. it was like that for more than 500 years. Not bad. So they... They were pretty strong for quite a while. They had this kind of weird belief that they were the inheritors of a great destiny that they got from what's called the Starfall Doctrine. Okay. So like a divine right to rule, kind of. Kind of. I mean, that that applies more to like a specific lineage of like a monarchy, but it was this like almost religious-like belief that they... Yeah, uh, yeah, kind of. The Starfall Doctrine pretty much prophesies that Aridin, who was a living human god, like he was actually like living on the earth, well, mm-hmm. the Galorian, whatever, he was living. <laughs> At this time, he was not just a dead god or anything. He or was somebody like, floating around and Right, he was a space. living god. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, prophesized that Aridin would return to take the crown and bring the era into a longer form of, like, peace and justice. Right. Mm-hmm. So, like, general good stuff. Right. Um, except for the fact that in this grand sake, they expanded mercilessly in the name of this prophecy. Naturally. So, you know, they're supposed to have a great era of peace and justice after they relentlessly took over whatever they could that was around them to expand their nation as oh, big to, as uh, of course. To manifest their destiny, if you will. Right. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Everything. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. <laughs> I mean, the Chelix Nation is also known as the Infernal Nation. Yeah. So. Ooh. I mean, kind of. Yeah. And uh, I sense a similar, let's spread our peace and prosperity through war kind of mindset. Mm-hmm. Kind of. So the first king of Chelyx was King Aspects the Even-Tongued. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. That's very um, interesting components in that name. I recognized all those words individually, but together it's kind of a mishmash. The names don't really get much better as far as their titles go. I feel like that name is like, it makes them sound really lame. It does kind of like you sound Like lame. it would be like sharp-tongued or silver-tongued. But like even-tongued. even-tongued. It's like congratulations, you know how to like be professional and not hurt people's feelings. That's well, I mean, that's like a good me. trait for a leader to have. It doesn't sound like it would be something that 
they would especially care that much about in a very militaristic society. Fair. Also aspects. <clears throat> anyway. So this was in 4081 AR. Uh, in this case, AR stands for Absalom Reckoning. <laughs> There's always a reckoning. So the Absalom Reckoning was basically when Aradin raised what was called the Star Stone from the Inner Sea. I'll admit there was more information about Chelix, so I didn't really look into what the Star Stone is supposed to be. I figured, if anything, I might briefly cover that later on. Okay. okay. It's probably secretly super lame, like the Dale Reckoning. Like, they just, you know. Probably. Yeah. And uh, so, Aradin did this, raised the Star Stone, Absalom was founded, and that marked Absalom 1. Like, year 1 AR. Okay. For the Absalom Reckoning. So, this right. is 4,000 some years after that happened. Right. Okay. And that's actually when Aradin also became a god. Oh. Okay. So, the Star Stone, I guess, maybe had something to do with him becoming a god? Probably. probably. And also probably more exciting than the Dale Reckoning. <laughs> so, so far, yes. Yeah. Um, so, Aspects declared Chalix's independence from Taldor at this point. Okay. And that's kind of when the nation originally started and kind of started to expand. Okay. Uh, after this, he launched what is considered a centuries-long tradition of expansion and glory. <laughs> Manifest destiny. Yeah, they would take over smaller city-states and native tribes and peoples. Alexander the Great. And yeah. kind of just absorb them into the nation and be like, hey, you're part of us now. Good job. Alexander the Great, okay, for sure. Was it, was it, like, did they, when they would sort of absorb these, like, smaller groups and nations into them, did they sort of... Was it that they were, like, enforcing their way of life on them? Or was it a little more Roman? It didn't really specify. Okay. So, so maybe it's up to interpretation or okay. something like that. Yeah. I mean, they did kind of, like, force their way in to, like, these so territories. very happy. I mean, I'm sure there was probably some fighting involved in yeah. this expansion. It's, it's my personal, like view of this is very Alexander the Great taking over, like, all of shit. the Mediterranean mm -hmm. regions. Yeah. The expansion eventually caused them to be, like, the height of the human civilization at, back at that point. Like, they eventually became, this is what you want to be, sort of. Right. Mm-hmm. Like big, they were, big empire on campus. Yeah, exactly. They eventually made it to where most of the regions in the country had a ruling of elite casts of Chelish origin. Mm -hmm. Or, at the very least, their bloodline could be traced back to Chelish descent. So, yeah, they kind of just, like, took over and said, okay, we're going to put these people in charge now because they're original Chelish people. Cool. Oh. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. Little, uh, or their great great grandfather was a Chelish general. Or general, what the fuck ever. so yeah. their bloodline is traced back. They're they're fine. They're better than <clears throat> you, basically. Yeah, it's kind of bad. This all continued under the expectations of Aradin returning and taking over Chelix at that point to bring them into the era of peace. Because We're at that point, it was probably a lot of fighting. Where did he go? I'm not totally sure. Oh, okay. I, I, he probably went off to do God things at that point. 
Yeah. Since okay. he, he became one, he was just like, oh, I'm going to go over here. <laughs> and the, the whole the whole Chelix Empire is like, oh, yeah, he's going to come back one of these days and it's all going to be cool. But he's like over on whatever Drios is really called. <laughs> we called another continent Drios in the campaign. Yeah. Uh, he's off doing whatever. And he's like, ah, ah, oh, oh, I really should oh, be getting to that. Huh? Oh, yeah, I, I really just, I, you know, if I'm being honest, I really don't like hanging out with them. They're so angry all the time. They're just so angry. They're so angry and they just, whatever. Right. This massive expansion caused them to become the most powerful nation in Avistan for 600 years or more. Damn. Wow. Like, they they lasted a while just waiting on Aridin to come back. <laughs> we made this for you. <laughs> we made this empire for you. Yep. That is until in 4606 AR, Aridin died. Oh. Uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. Um, no one actually knows how he died, exactly. If the gods know, they no. have refused to tell people. Like, people have asked their deities, clerics have asked who they worship, and have gotten no answers. Damn. So, no one knows how Aridin died, but That's eventually probably. that came to be known as the truth. Aridin was dead and wasn't coming back. It was probably really embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> They're doing it to cover it up for him. Yeah, because, like, they would know that he, he wouldn't want people to know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was probably... <sighs> so, when he died, it said that a part of Chelix died with him. Yeah. You mean, like, their purpose for existing? Yeah. Yeah. Soon after that, the Emperor at the time, I didn't get his name, was stripped of his divine mandate. Mm-hmm. And a few powerful noble houses rose up... <sighs> to kind of take over, try to take over and plunge Chelix into a civil war. Yay! Yay! <laughs> civil wars for everybody. <clears throat> this civil war lasted for 30 years. Oh, God. That's a while for humans. Yeah, and just for like an inner, inner war. Yeah. yeah. It was that whole one house would rise up and then whether it be from treachery, sickness, backstabbing, diseases, whatever, mm -hmm. they would die. And then some. And else then another would. house would rise up, and it just kind of kept rinse just and repeat. Rinse and repeat. One house would get the upper hand, and then something would happen. Mm -hmm. They would fall. Another house would rise up, and it was just like a nonstop back and forth. Anything and everything was just, like, up for grabs at this point. Lands, city-states, territories. Resources, money. Resources, whatever it was, it was, it was up for grabs. Sounds like an era of just straight chaos. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, pretty much. Uh, there was a technical king. But with without that divine mandate. He... Yeah, he wasn't really terribly powerful. He still had some say because obviously as a king you still have some control. Control and like some followers and stuff, but his name was King Gaspidar. <laughs> well, um he was going to be the one to relinquish the throne to Aridin when Aridin returned. Like, mm -hmm. he would have been the one to step down and be like, okay, Aridin's back, you can have it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, in 4622 AR, he was mysteriously assassinated. Mm. Yeah. And this brought in a lot of questions, including who would take the throne, because 
He left no heirs to the throne. Of course not. That would be too easy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So suddenly people kind of stopped the other bickering about territories and stuff and looked and went, oh, hey, this crown is up for grabs. Oh, shit. Just move right in. Who's going to take over? And that became the ultimate prize in all of this now was to become the king of Chelix. All right. Well, I have a prediction. It's going to be some pussy with a stupid <clears throat> name. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Well, I mean, probably less on the first part, maybe. But, but definitely a stupid name. Definitely a stupid I love how this doubles as our just like making fun of fantasy names podcast. <laughs> there are, I mean, fantasy they're, names they're are ridiculous. very strange. Yeah. And I feel like they're, they're kind of one or the other. They're either really strange and kind of stupid or they're like, wow, that sounds really cool. <laughs> or they're like Bob. <laughs> Bob. <laughs> Um, Boblin the Goblin. (laughs) No. Jesus. (laughs) Sorry. So the wars were just raging on constantly, now for the crown more than anything. Mm Right. And there were no clear winners on either side, regardless. Like, there was not ever a clear winner. It just kind of seemed like it was going to be like an endless slaughter until Chelix was burned to the ground. Yeah. Yeah. This new prize brought mostly just two noble houses at this point. Like, two noble houses rose up to be the main fronts fighting for the crown. Mm -hmm. They kind of outbeat the others. You had House Davian, Mm -hmm. which had one of the strongest naval armies at the time. And then you had House Thrun, who had a powerful army at the start, and then a powerful army of otherworldly nature a little bit later. There's the demons. Yay, demons! So the war lasted until Abigail Thrun, and it's actually... Abigail? It's Abigail. A-B-R-O. Oh, boy. It's Abigail. Abigail. Abigail Thrun the First. Here's you another title. Oh, boy. Infernal Magistrix... Of Chelix, of the House Throne. I mean, okay. Did they just take, like, all of my fucking live journal stories and turn those characters into actual (laughs) published names? I'm just saying. (laughs) Um, To be fair, she named herself the Infernal Magistrix. Yeah, she did. Yeah, she did. I mean, so did I when I was, like, 13. (laughs) And and her eyes change color with her mood. Yeah, and they're like purple, but also sometimes red. And she had like five different powerful men vying for her attention. Mm-hmm. Stop copying my live journal stories. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, so she rose up and ended the war with her armies. Of she demons. destroyed the Davian house, Davian house. The, the Davy House. The Davy House. The Deviant House. And she did this by making a pact with the Hells. All nine of them. Yes. I mean, um, oh, as oh Mo- there, are, there are nine Hells in Pathfinder. Okay. Yeah. As Modius, to oh. be precise. Cool. He's also here. As Modius <laughs> is all, always here. Is the ruler of the nine Hells. The nine yeah. Hells. So she made a pact that basically caused the rest of her bloodline. To be damned to the hells. Yeah. Like, she basically sold herself and her whole bloodline for this prize. I thought a firstborn child was extreme. Right? But, in return, she was given demons that were under her command that she would put in her armies, and then she also gained demon advisors to aid her in conquering 
the city-states and to gain control back of this entire nation that had been fighting for over 30 years. Yeah, but that's great until you die and yeah. your whole family is cursing you for all of eternity because they're in the nine hells. You she, would think that. She probably thought she was so bad, though, that, like, when she died and was damned to the hells, that, like, she and Asmodeus were just going to hang. Yeah, probably. You know what I mean? Uh, one of the most notable fiends that she had aid of was <sighs> Gorthoclek. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Who was a pit fiend. Yeah. And he was the general and advisor to Abigail I. And Abigail the Second, which you think, okay, pretty simple bloodline there. Yeah. Oh, uh, boy. No. Uh huh. So, and oh, it's oh boy, it's strange. I'll get to this just a little bit later, but their bloodline doesn't follow the normal bloodline that it usually. Mother should. has a daughter that she yeah. names after herself. It's a little bit more weird and complicated than that. Like oh, how wait. there was a James Bond Jr. TV show called James Bond Jr., but it wasn't actually James Bond's son. It was James <clears throat> Bond's like nephew or something. Really? What? Yeah. I've never heard of I this. I did not know about that either. Yeah. Well, that's new. Well. Um, and it's like Okay, so what brother loves their brother enough that they're going to name their their fucking son James Bond Jr. after his uncle? Me. I don't have any siblings. Yeah, I was going to say, Lewin? <laughs> I mean, well, exempt. I don't have any I don't have any full siblings. Lewin is exempt from this. But anyways, <laughs> I just, I don't know why I felt the impulse to just say me. <laughs> so uh, the war really finally came to an end at what was called the Battle of a Hundred Kings. Ooh, that's a fun name. This, it is. This was a battle that happened both on land and at sea. It was kind of like a multi-front, multi-fronted battle going mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. one way or the other. House Thrun emerged victorious after all of this mm-hmm. because they managed to crush the House uh, Davian's armies. With the uh, demons. With the demons, and also their fleets, and left little straggling armies kind of scattered about Chelyax that they would later on go hunt down. Hmm. So, like, once the the majority of the Davian's armies were done, mm-hmm. that house was just like, okay, well, we can't fight these demons, mm-hmm. so I guess we're done. But, like, then House Thrun went back and double-tapped them, basically. Pretty much. They kind of later on went down and stamped out the rest of the armies that they could find. Just to make good and sure that there was no uprising. And also, I assume, add a little bit of insult to injury. Yeah. Also that, yeah. And uh, Abigail didn't actually take the throne officially until, like, a year later. Uh Uh-huh. Then she ascended, and that's when she called herself the Infernal Magistrix. So this is the, still the original Abigail. Yes, this is still Abigail the first. Okay. And this is kind of where the whole history of Chelyx gets a little blurry. Of course it does. Because uh, Abigail, in the name of her pact, formed the Church of Asmodeus as the official state religion. Cool. And then she started to alter the history books of Chelyx. Of oh, course. Cool. Uh, she did this in several ways, mostly to play up House Thrun's prior influences mm-hmm. and to diminish, or in some cases completely erase, any contributions of the House Thrun's rivals during the wars. Mm-hmm. Okay. To, you know, to paint... Themselves as better. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So the history gets a little blurry because um, the history books are constantly being rewritten. Cool. That's a great thing. I love it when, when leaders do that. Yeah. Constantly in the sense that every third month, the Imperial Printing Press releases a new approved version of the history books for the libraries, schools, and the universities. Oh my god, that's wow. going I, to bankrupt the nation. I wish real schools updated. Yeah, I wish real schools though. updated that frequently. I mean, just right? like with truthful information, but... They update every like 12 years. Or if that. Or, or yeah. more, yeah. Um, and a lot of this is to reflect, you know, new allies that the house through gains throughout the time. So then they go back and they're like, oh yeah, we've been best friends forever. Ever. Yeah. And then to cast off any old allies that have like... We've always hated them. Spoken <laughs> ill or anything of the queen of her rulings or the demon armies. Oh, or... you mean the infernal magistrates. I'm sorry, yes. The infernal magistrates. She's not a queen <laughs> you're gonna anymore. Get, you're gonna get taken out and shot in the town square for that, Travis. Yeah. Um, that sounds like something they do. And like the punishments for speaking out against them kind of ranges in different weird ways. It can go from their names being completely erased from birth and death certificates and documents. So like they were never born or when they died, they never existed. Nice. Um, Their properties can be seized and then given to their rivals. Nice. Um, Their families can be executed. Oh, great. Or sold into slavery. Oh, even better. Or in some cases, they just disappear in the middle of the night, Ooh. and no one really knows what happens to them. Uh, who? Who, are, kind of who like, are you even referencing? Kind like, of like uh, their, their old dead god. Ooh. Ooh. Oh. Uh, who are you even referencing? I don't know anybody I don't know by that, that name. Person. That yeah. house has always been abandoned. Yeah. yeah. It's been boarded up for... Good job, by the way. Thank you. So That's there is a uh, particular order that is kind of in charge of collecting the older versions and burning them. Mm-hmm. And it's an order that you guys will recognize. The Dali. <gasps> the um, Hell Knights. It's the Hell Knights. <gasps> yes! Whoa! Hell Knights were prominent in our last campaign. Yes. yes. So the Hell Knights, they have various different orders. In this case, it's the Hell Knight Order of the Rack. <laughs> yes, the Hell Knight Order of the Rack. Okay, well, the thing is, is that first I went to Torture Device, and then I went to the next logical place. Boobs. And so, it was boobs. Yes, it was. It was boobs. And that, so I had like a few, I had like a wide range of emotions there. Yeah, so they're the ones that are kind of in charge of, amongst other things, going around, collecting the older versions, burning them. and As pos- you do. <clears throat> possession of unauthorized versions of the history books are considered a crime. Because that's not the true history, I say with heavy quotation marks. Yeah. Yeah. Update your update your TOS, guys, and you might go to jail. Oh. Uh, I mean, eventually, you know, all the fight, because even after she became the Infernal Magistrix, there was still some, like, conflict, fighting and unrest. Mm-hmm. Eventually, she was able to get all of that calmed, for the most part, but there was still... Obviously, a lot of people that didn't agree with how she was now running the nation. Yeah. Yeah. Because demons. And also, like... Book burnings. Book burnings and, and, you know... Censorship, et cetera, et cetera. Unfairly punishing your... Rivals. Yeah. So, the way she took over and everything that happened did have some minor... 
Yeah. Like pushback. Some minor pushbacks and issues and obviously it wasn't going to go smoothly. smoothly. Like perfectly. Yeah. And uh, we'll get to that after our break. Boo. <laughs> I knew it. Yep. I just imagine some poor person like off in the countryside where there's not like as much fighting mm-hmm. like hears about her taking over and they're like so sick of it and they're like oh maybe now that we have like a queen everything will calm down and then like a week later a little church of Asmodeus pops up and they're like fuck hey everyone just gonna stop in do our little plugs here thank you for listening to our second Pathfinder, Pathfinder episode, episode ever yeah. the first one was actually pretty well received I would say yeah, 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 I was I was surprised, and it was nice to just jump right back into Pathfinder. Yeah, yeah. so we're just going to do our uh, little plugs for our Pathfinder episode here, just as we do normally, and we'll get back to Chelix. Yeah, um, follow us on our Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, all at Dungeonpedia. Uh, we also have our email address, where you can tell us to stop covering Pathfinder. Or something that you want us to cover in Pathfinder. Exactly, because I'm enjoying it. Our email is dungeonpedia.podcast at gmail.com. You can subscribe to us wherever you can subscribe to any podcast. And if you can't search us, you can take our RSS feed off of our website and plug it in there. It's the best way to get notifications when we release new episodes every Tuesday. I forget that you can actually do the RSS feed. I know. That's a pretty nifty little thing. I finally learned what an RSS feed was in doing this (laughs) podcast. And if you so desire, we would really appreciate it if you would rate us, review us on any of those platforms. But I know what you can do no matter what, if you would like to help us out, is spread the word to your friends. Tell your friends who like Pathfinder. Tell your friends who like Dungeons and Dragons that you want to start to like Pathfinder. Tell your friends who don't like either and you want to make them like it anyway. Tell your friends who don't like anything. Because, I mean, they're not going to like this, but it won't change anything. So, I mean, I don't care. <laughs> exactly. A listen's a listen. <laughs> Indeed. Big thank you to Alexander Nakarada for the use of our theme song, Blacksmith, that plays at the top and bottom of every episode. Hell yeah. Thank you guys for listening to the ad break, and we'll get right back to right. Chelyx. Yeah, I'm going to need to know more about yeah, yeah I'm the really... consequences, because she's a... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the consequences was in 4667... Galt, which was another city-state, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, split and seceded from the empire. Good, okay. good for them. And yeah. in doing this, they entered an ongoing period of a bloody revolution that was known as the Red Revolution. Ooh. Yep. Uh, two years after that, and Doran, another city-state. Wait, right. Dorn? And Doran? And Doran. And Doran. Okay. <laughs> uh, they followed suit. And seceded, but their revolt became known as the People's Revolt because it was a bloodless transfer of powers from the nobility to the people. Oh, good for them. They were all in agreement when they seceded and was like, no, we know how this is going to work. We don't have to kill anybody. Meanwhile, their partners over there are still murdering each other. It's fine. (laughs) They're just like looking out from their like house and they're like... Oh, <laughs> that's not pretty over there. Um, these two nations in particular were actually really big supporters of the Davian house during the Civil War. So when the house Thrun won, they were like, mm, we don't want any part of this. Yeah. And I mean, 
Abigail and the entire house was already looking for ways to get rid of the Davian house. Yeah. So as soon as they were like, hey, we want us to see, they were like, you know what? That saves us all of the time and money to try to get you guys to go away. So sure. Huh. Interesting. So they were just kind of like, this is a win-win for us. Fair enough. We're okay with it. Mm-hmm. I see. This is an absolute win. <laughs> wow. Good job. Thanks. I'm not proud of that one. The house thune itself did suffer its share of consequences and issues with their rule as well. You don't say. Yeah. Yeah. Over time, four of the six monarchs to hold the title of Infernal Magister or Magistrix have died under mysterious or violent circumstances. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, not terribly surprising no. at all there. Um, they also don't have a clear line of inheritance to the throne, necessarily. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess... Abigail I never decided to set up a clear line of inheritance, so they didn't follow the normal, you know, mother has daughter, mother dies, daughter takes over. Right. You know, daughter Daughter has has son, son son takes over, and on and on. So it didn't really follow that. So the secession of the crown was very abnormal at the very least. Yeah. Oh, well, let me guess. They did peaceful elections where their their citizens had a voice in right right um that would be great but no oh dang it so as it stands for the current time Mm -hmm. which would be you know when the normal campaign settings usually take place right abigail the second is the ruler but she's not abigail's daughter she is abigail's great granddaughter Hmm. I mean, okay, that's actually not that strange. Like, I mean that that makes sense. That like naming wise, did she did she take that name for herself, or did her parents name her after? I'm gonna their guess grade? her parents named her. It didn't specify. Oh, it didn't say that she took yeah. that. Okay. Well, I mean, it's. I feel just, like it's, her name was just Abigail the second. I feel like it's normal for parents to name their kids after like their, their especially kind of like royal longer longer on like relative. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but this was also you know after. Several other family members had taken over after Abigail the first died. So it could have been like her nephew and then like And then like the nephew's cousin or something could have taken over. Like it's a whole weird thing. Okay, so just... it's not so much weird that Abigail the second is the great granddaughter, it's just weird how it ended up there. Yeah, how she ended up being mm-hmm. the ruler at this point, I guess. Uh the present day most of the Chelix nation is still under the throne and demon rule. Mm-hmm. I say most just because you do have those ones that have kind of like seceded and some corners just kind of stay away from it all. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it's all kind of like still there. Many of the demons take up roles within the government. Mm-hmm. As I said, you have the advisors, the generals and military leaders. Uh, many of the high nobles now because of everything also tend to make deals with demons of the hells right in order to gain the great powers and wealth yeah that can come with it because that's what abigail did yeah yeah why Let's not all do it funny do enough started. <laughs> right <laughs> funny enough um despite all of the demons and devils that like run around chelix is still run as a lawful evil nation of course it is yeah. Like, they still have their set rules that yeah. are enforced. Yeah. See, I, I, I said that. And then they that. have some rules that are just 
they're written, but not enforced until it becomes Convenient. a way for people to get rid of their enemies. Yeah, their enemies. Or... I'm familiar with such yeah such uh, characters setup. and setups. Yeah. Yeah. The laws of Chelix, I thought this was actually pretty inter- interesting, are known as the Asmodian Disciplines. <laughs> <laughs> this includes prohibitions and regulations on certain items. Again, nothing was exactly specific on, like, if it was alcohol or certain, like, drugs, drugs or plants substances. or whatever it was. Maybe it's just on holy water. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. No holy water allowed. So these still remain, but like I said, most of those laws are unenforced. They're still active, and they're still they still remain in effect. Right. Mm-hmm. But they're only used by ways of the Hell Knights to remove undesirable elements from society. So that's such a way to say that, though. Yeah. Right? That like they would say that. But, like, when they mean undesirable elements, they just mean anyone who doesn't agree with us. Right. It only, like you said, it's not followed until it becomes convenient. And then it's like, oh, hey, you're breaking the law. Like, (laughs) where was this law last week when so-and-so did it? Was snorting holy water. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. Well, we don't know what you're talking about. That We never saw them do that. We Mm -hmm. only see you doing it. So, let's go. And to the guillotine. Poof. And you're gone. And they're gone. Obviously a public execution. Like they never existed. A public execution, but a non-existent memorial. Ooh. Damn. Mm -hmm. Obviously the Hell Knights are some of the like primary forces used to stop rebellions. Naturally. And, you know, to kind of keep the law in order. So there were... There were, like, a notable amount of attempts at rebellion. Apparently. That they needed to quell. I am not shocked. After that, me neither. Yeah. I mean, when your neighbors randomly start disappearing, and if you say one bad thing about a freaking demon and you're executed, yeah, there's probably going to be some rebellion there. Yeah, I'm just saying. There's also the Inquisitors. (gasps) I didn't expect that. (sighs) Yeah, uh, the Inquisitors. They are a part of the forces used. No one used. expects the Inquisition. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. For... No one expects the Spanish Inquisition. Thank you for doubling, tripling down on my joke. You're welcome. I, I got it. I just didn't say anything at first. I, I was yawning. <clears throat> oh, okay. Because it was so boring. No, because I had so... to yawn because it's You're warm tired. in here. It is a little warm in here. Sorry about that. Anyway. So the Inquisitors are a branch of the Church of Asmodeus. Naturally. <laughs> they mm-hmm. Okay. This... This part just doesn't seem to make sense to me, okay. right? Maybe it'll make sense to one of us. They don iron masks and black robes. Okay. That's fine. Cool. And they are the nation's secret police. Um. Shouldn't those people wearing black robes and iron masks be very conspicuous? So um, I assume that's probably the uniform for, like, official stuff. But, like, secret police are mm-hmm. more, like... Renounced by like the um, the state as like no they're not like they're not active they're not like going around and uh, rounding people up and arresting them for dissent but like they totally are yeah. like that secret police aren't so much like a uh, secret in that nobody knows that they exist kind of thing as much as they are a secret in that like the state disavows them but the state funds them and i'm sure that like when it when it says that this is what they wear that it's exactly like taylor said that it's like that's their uniform 
but I'm sure that there's also like a certain like there would be a precedent for like they would go out and like street clothes if they needed to or alternatively they're not conspicuous because they do the things that they do in the dead of night or also, <clears throat> also potentially they could like usually wear street clothes when they're listening to dissent and then go and don their fucking iron mask and black robe to go arrest people because you can't tell who's the secret police if you can't see the secret police. Yeah. I mean, okay, all of those make sense because whenever I read it, my initial thought was, how can you be secretive if you look like that? <laughs> or it was... Hmm. But I guess that does, that all does kind of make more sense. Yeah. Because they do also, like, kind of aid the Hell Knights in... Or maybe Priest of Asmodeus just dressed like that. <laughs> Shit, that wouldn't surprise me either. Uh, priest? Does he have priests? Clerics? Clerics of Asmodeus? Probably I don't know. clerics, I guess, is the more I mean, I proper guess they term would, for they them. They would probably be, yeah. still have priests. I, I don't know. I don't know I how. know that there's a Church of Asmodeus. Yeah. I mean, do I Satanists mean, have priests? Satanists don't actually worship Satan. Yeah, they don't. Satan... The, in that term, Satan just comes from the idea of, uh, from the Hebrew word to rebel. Yeah, and it's about, like, human nature. Yeah. Satanists are actually often I thought they atheists. did worship something of that sort. You know, I really don't know. Uh, not not typically. Um, there, I'm not going to lie. There are some, like, probably some people who do, but, like... Like, there are churches of Satan. Yes. Which I guess, mm-hmm. like, in that case, aren't necessarily Satanists. They're just right. churches of Satan. Satanists <clears throat> are specifically traditionally atheists who are, like, basically to dissent, to rebel, that kind of thing. Rebel from theism and the church and theocracies. Mm-hmm. See, I never really looked that much into Satanism and religion in general, I guess. But, <laughs> all right, in any, in any case... How do you think that the citizens live after all of this? Great. Their lives are perfect. It's fantastic for everyone. Yeah, sure. I mean... I mean, that's what they want you to think. Yeah. That's for what them, it says in the books. For the most part, they do continue to live their lives kind of as they always have. But there is one tiny little detail that's different. They mostly also live in constant fear. Well, y- yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, there's no there's no war in Chaliax. <laughs> You know? Yeah. There's no war in Chelix. I mean, sorry I keep, like, making references to that, but this is what this makes me think of. Yeah, like, anytime there's, like, a secret police, you you kind of think of it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Not to mention, like, and there are some real-world examples of people who lived in these kinds of, like... Regimes. Regimes, states, and obviously life goes on for the normal person, but you're freaking terrified. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, all the time, because, like... Yeah, you can continue to do your life, but the second there's any kind of a hint that you're going to, that there's any kind of an idea that you are a dissenter, your life is turned upside down, and oftentimes you're killed. So, of course, you're horrified and terrified. And even despite all this, major gods do still remain as a large part of, like, the pantheon in Chelix. Like, people still worship, like, other major gods, it's just they also, at the very least, pretend to worship Asmodeus first. Yeah. Okay. So it's just to kind of help keep the law off their back at that point. So mm-hmm. other religions aren't forbidden as long as Asmodeus comes first? Pretty much, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you have to worship Asmodeus only, but it's kind of like Asmodeus needs to be at the top of your list. Well, and I feel like that also like translates to like... 
religion in that way, I feel like in Dungeons and Dragons translates and is in ingrained in society a little bit differently than it is in the real world. Because like, you know, let's be real. It's a lot easier in the real world to, to disavow somebody's religion because so much is like based around things that you can't see or measure. Right. But like in Dungeons and Dragons, like this person does exist. Yeah. There are mm-hmm. records of this entity going around and doing things. So it's you like you can see them. Sometimes. Yeah. And like you see <clears throat> their um worshippers using dope ass magic. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, this this person does definitely exist. And I feel like that's where like some amounts of like, you know, religious repression come in is because like, you know, these people are claiming, whether it's to their own followers or to the followers of another religion, that it's like this god that these people are worshipping doesn't exist. Also in the real world, large amounts of the world tend to be monotheistic which is a zero-sum game, basically. Yeah. You win or you lose when it comes to worship mm-hmm. versus in Dungeons & Dragons where you can't be technically monotheistic because you know that there are multiple gods that exist mm-hmm. for multiple different pantheons. So, of course, you can, like, believe in worship and, like, give tribute to multiple gods because multiple gods exist. You just are probably going to have a favorite. Yeah, it's just <clears throat> which one gives you your magic and which one do you... You give your like prayers to ten percent to as yeah. opposed to like one percent. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's just kind of my thoughts as to why you you tend to f- see, I would say like almost less, re- like not even less religious repression, but like less religious conflict. Yeah, like very very rarely is there religious conflict, and if there is, it's because one person wants to take over all the other religions, or alternatively, their god wants them to do that. Yeah, in the case of like I think Bane's Bane's done that a lot. Love. <clears throat> Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Tangent. A little bit. Yeah, you guys went on a little bit of a tangent there, but... Still on topic. I mean, yeah, that's all right. It's fine. Yeah. I, there's not a whole lot left. I, there's one other thing that I thought was kind of cool. Along with having, you know, Gortha... Gorthaclec, <laughs> uh still <laughs> under her command, Abigail II also has Countessa... And I'm really not sure how to pronounce this name. Rilatha? That sounds like a thing. That sounds Contessa like Rolotha. Lorotha? Mm-hmm. Something like that. That sounds like it could be right. The the Countessa. So, uh, and that's what I'm just gonna call her now because that name is really hard. Countessa is an Irenese. That sounds familiar. Uh, these are fiends that were created in the mockery of the angelic form. Oh. Um, they are the Avengers and Executioners of Hell. So I'm guessing bat-like wings and... Bat wings and... Well, they're actually... So, they're actually still have, like, feathered wings and everything. They just kind of look like a angel was possessed. So a dark, twisted version of an angel. Yeah. Um, oh. They also go by a few other names, and I already know what's going to happen when I say some of these. Okay. Uh, one of them is the Ash Wings. Okay. There's the Fallen. Okay. The Fallen Angels. Okay. Furry devils. Hold on. <laughs> Not done. Okay. The I... furries of hell. <laughs> Hold on. Oh no. Okay. Oh, one more. Oh no. Or simply just the furries. <laughs> no. How is no. no? No. Not the feathered. Not the feathered. The feathered ones of hell. Not the feathered devils. 
The furries. The furries. The furries. The furries of hell. They are known as the furries of hell. Or How do I subscribe to this religion? <laughs> or simply just the furries. Okay, uh, that yeah, furries wait, wait, are going wait. to hell. You're, you're, sure, you're sure that there are two R's in there, right? It's not the furies. Please. Please. Please, please double check. Please Hold double on. Check I me. might have mistyped it. Okay. Oh, Let oh me no. double check. Oh. I just want you to know I'm keeping all this in even if you mistyped it. That's fine because it might have. I was very tired whenever I was typing this last bit. <laughs> and you might be right. I think it's actually oh, no. the Furies. Okay, so I tried Googling the furries of hell, and that's a whole other thing, guys. Okay, I think it is the furies. I was very tired and typed in two R's each time because I was not paying attention, and also... I'm special. Okay, I'm actually really glad that I posited that to you because we would have gotten oh so many God. tweets. <laughs> like, but also, I feel like it wouldn't have even been. It would have been like, listen, this was really funny, but I do have to tell you, it's the Furies. Okay, so retracting that, they are <laughs> the Furies of Hell. Okay, and the Furies, not the Furries. <laughs> no, they're the Furries now. Are they? Are they the Furies? The Furry? Uh... <laughs> Are they still the furry? What, what was the other one? The, the furry, furry devils. The it's the. F- They're it's, one of yeah. One it's F U R Y. Okay. So it's the fury the devils. The fury devils. Okay, but Travis, you, you would have modified it to be the furries in our campaign, right? <sighs> For that, yes, just because that would have been funny as hell. <laughs> oh God. But okay. So that was my bad. And I was like, as I was typing, I was like, this can't be right, but okay, and just kept going. And it wasn't right. Uh, My brain was just thinking. That wasn't your bad, Travis. That was your good. That was your bad. Bad, bad. I would also like to point out that I am not a furry at all. If you are, good for you. I just don't understand I mean, I'm not like a furry, but I have like two fursonas, so. If you're a furry, you're going to hell. (laughs) Fish just in. I'm sorry, I just can't get over the the furries of hell. So the furries of hell dwell in... Christ. Dis. Okay, that's the second layer of hell. Yeah. Yeah, you the guys one remembered. That, the one that Tiamat... I did the... Tia, that's Tiamat's whole yes. thing, is she guards the passageway to Dis. Yes, I know. And also she fucks. And also, and also she fucks on giant hordes of coins. And also the Plains episode. Yes. So they dwell in Dis, and that's just, that's where they come from. They hang out there. So she has that's pretty their, much... Uh, oh, what's it called? The con. The con- fur con? Or is, it wait. Called, is it just called fur con? <laughs> I don't know a damn thing about furries, I actually. don't either. Furry convention's near me. <laughs> no! <laughs> oh, fur con. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's oh their fur God. con. <laughs> Just 24-7. So, back to that. She has an Avenger and Executioner of Hell on her... Uh, she's actually in her court. So she just has a furry chillin' in her court? <laughs> yes. Tell, I'm like, sorry, before okay. They, before they come in, she has to tell all of her constituents or whatever to just, like, be chill. Okay, be that cool. was... Don't say anything. And then this person in a furry suit just walks in. My, that was my last joke. No more furry jokes. That was probably the best fuck-up I think I've ever done on the show so far, though. Probably. Yeah. So, you know, enjoy that. 
That was that was the end. <laughs> we, we ended on a high note, low note, a note, for a, sure. note yeah. a note for sure. It, we ended on when a cat jumps on a piano and hits all the keys at once, <laughs> or like jumps on a keyboard and just like lounges. Oh, yeah, and then there was, and then there was, you know, some demons, and then some of them were <laughs> just a whole bunch of random types. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so just key smashing. There you go. That's basically what the Chalix Nation is currently sitting at. Mm-hmm. It's ruled by... Furries. <laughs> Furries. Okay. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. We're done. I'm sorry. We said, we said no more furry jokes. No more furry jokes. No more furry jokes. And then Don't I Don't even begin to say that wasn't a furry joke, because that still was. That's what I was saying, is we said no more furry jokes, and I went back on that. I'm yeah, sorry. I, I thought you were going to say, but that wasn't a furry joke. Yeah, it was. No, but it was. That's I, just what I, I thought you were going to say. Betrayed the trust of our listeners, so, you know I'm what? sorry. I'm going to go ahead and delete. Uh, the, the, whole... the extra R that is in these words here. <laughs> Just go ahead and delete your whole page of notes. Just go ahead and delete this episode. Yeah, delete this file. Because this went off the rails there. Saved. <laughs> so it's now the Furies, not the Furries. <laughs> not that the notes are really going to be seen by anyone else, but... Also, like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. I, I bear... I can at least say this <clears throat> for me. I, I bear no... No ill will towards towards furries. The memes whatsoever. are funny. It's funny, guys. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that we Made are one of you. I'm sorry. We that meme we're... too hard. We always meme too hard. You guys do meme too hard. But that's it. So um, meme till you fall. That's... The Chelix Nation is ruled by uh, the the meme queen. No, what was her name? The Abigail. Abigail. Thank the you. Abigail. Abigail. The Infernal Magistrix. Magistrix. Yes. And she is attended to by Fury, a Fury and a demon. Yep. A pit fiend. A pit fiend. To be precise. And Asmodeus is like the backer to all of it. So he's so, the producer of this. So it's a, film. it's a pretty uh, bad time to live in Chelyx. Yeah. And had like, I decided to actually send you guys there and kept all that that would have been fun for you guys to do oh with. yeah for sure like it sounds like it's a fun place to like have your your little uh pathfinder group run through and try and avoid getting caught by the secret police what would our characters personas have been all right well thank you guys so much for listening <laughs> don't forget to follow us on all of our various social media platforms all that lovely good stuff that's what we'll tweet about that when we figure it out remember to uh rate and Subscribe to us wherever you can. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Email us if you have any suggestions and if you want to yell at me and or us for my blunder. And you can email us at dungeonpedia.podcast at gmail.com. Oh, God. And before Lewin goes off on a tangent, thank you again so much for listening. And we will catch you next week after we come back from our cruise right here on Dungeonpedia. Enough with the furries. The furries of hell. I'm sorry. (laughs)